Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning, December the 8th, 2021. It is 7.02 in the beautiful city of Tucson here in the beautiful state of Arizona. Glad to be with you guys here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson. We are, of course, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, and we do have some local uh, local news and things to get into today, which we will absolutely do because uh, not only are the Wildcats uh, men's basketball team in action tonight at the McHale Center uh, against another undefeated team. We'll definitely talk about that. We'll have uh, a little preview of the game for you, some things that you should look for in like certain matchups and how Wyoming plays their style of basketball, how they've gotten so successful so quickly under their new coach, Jeff Linder. And some of the things you can expect to see either if you're heading out to the McHale Center tonight, which we hope you are, uh, or if you're watching on the uh, Pac-12 network tonight, uh, we'll talk about that, have a full preview of that game for you. We also have some football news, plenty of football news actually to talk about for Wildcat football. A lot of things going on as the early signing period is uh, is still Still, uh, it's it's heating up even, you know, and then there are uh, other players entering the transfer portal. The Wildcats uh, lose another coach off of their assistant staff uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, No surprise on this one. I even talked about it uh, two weeks ago when Don Brown had decided to take the head coaching job at UMass. I knew that uh, Keith Dodzinski, I shouldn't say knew, I had a really, really, really good uh, feeling that Keith Dodzinski, the now former linebackers coach and special teams coach, was going to be taking the defensive coordinator job with Don Brown back at UMass, and that, of course, uh, came to fruition yesterday. So the Wildcats searching now for a new linebackers slash special teams coach. I have a guy in mind. I think it's a long shot, but if Arizona can pass the hat, they may be able to get him to uh, to come in here and really kind of spice things up for the uh, for the Wildcats, I'll uh, I'll let you know who I'm thinking about coming up when we get into that. Uh, plenty of other things to talk about today. We have some NBA talk to uh, to get into. Although the Suns uh, were not in action, they did beat the Spurs on uh, on Monday night. The Suns kind of almost like a little kind of a break right now. They had a run of games there for a little bit. Some tough matchups where they had a home and home against the Warriors. A game uh, two games which they split one and one. Of course, mentioned earlier that they have the December 25th game on Christmas Day coming up against the Warriors as well. But now the Suns, uh, they played San Antonio on Monday night, are only going to play two more games until they play again next Monday night. So uh, Suns with a little bit of a respite here, probably a much-needed one. Obviously, for Devin Booker and his hamstring, the more time you get away you know, allowed to not have those uh, soft tissue injuries put under any kind of pressure, the better. And obviously, if your team is not playing games, if you're not, uh, you know, having an effect on the wins and losses with your absence, that's always preferable. So there's a little bit of a break here. I expect Devin Booker, I I don't think, 
I don't think the hammy injury was all that bad, but again, soft tissue can be a problem. We didn't think that DeAndre Hopkins' hamstring injury was going to be all that bad either, and lo and behold, he's missed a chunk of games and a ton of snaps here in the middle of the season, but we'll talk about that coming up in uh, in just a little bit. In fact, we'll start with some NFL today uh, because we have our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports. He's going to be joining us in about 20 minutes to talk Cardinal football, as we always do here every Wednesday on the Jeff Dean Show, wrapping up the previous week's game and then getting a preview of the week ahead. And it is a huge week ahead for the Arizona Cardinals, their Monday night matchup against the Rams in Glendale. Going to be a huge game, probably the marquee game on the schedule for the NFL in week 14. And a lot of things on, you know, on the line, on the hook, in that particular game, and we'll talk with Tyler about all that. And, of course, he'll have all of his information that he has as he's been attending the practices this week, you know, all season this week, talking with the coaches, talking with the players. He has some injury updates for us as well as some uh, important players who were limited in the game on Sunday in Chicago. We'll get an update on some of those guys and just some news and notes and things like that coming out of Cardinal camp and uh, how the Cardinals can come away with a victory on Monday against the Rams. The uh, players of the week, the you know the weekly awards were handed out yesterday. Jordan Hicks, Cardinals linebacker, was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance that he had in Chicago. He was a one-man wrecking crew in that game. He was fantastic. Um, Jared Goff, who I had uh, featured on my Dean's List on Monday, was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. So, look, I don't, you know, I'm not one of those people that just, you know, tries to kick someone when they're down. I know a lot of people do. They they like to pile on and they just they, they do it under the guise of, oh, it's just comedy. It's just being funny. Um, and it's, I get it. It's fun to clown on the Detroit Lions. It's easy, right? It's, I mean, that's just, that's simple stuff. They've been bad for two decades, three decades. As long as I've been alive, they've been bad. Um, they've had some windless seasons or, in, or at least going deep into the season with zero wins, you know, 0 and 11, 0 and 10. Uh, and we, you know, we've seen it plenty of times before and they did of course finish the 0 and 16 season several several years ago. It was nice to see the lions get a win. Um, you know, Dan Campbell has been a guy who took the, took the league by storm as far as, fans and media go when he made his uh his debut speech i guess his press conference when he accepted the lions head coaching position he said we're gonna go out there we're gonna be biting kneecaps and he was fired up and i thought he was gonna break something and body slam somebody or uh, jump off the top rope with the the elbow i don't know what he was gonna do he was he was getting people psyched and geeked and that kind of stuff i like that kind of stuff i'm a I'm kind of a – I don't want to say I'm a rah-rah guy, but I like to see coaches who are involved in the the physicality of the game, the, the, the understand that, look, this is a warrior sport that you have to go out there and you have to inflict pain on the opposing player until, you know, for 60 minutes you got to do that, and then afterwards you're buddies. And it, but it's what guys do, right? Like we talk about this in society all the time. I always I laugh with you know friends like girls friends of mine 
when they when when you know if we're talking to stuff and they're like oh I haven't talked to her in two years you know we had a little blow up uh, you know over something two years ago and we haven't talked since and you know girls are they they hold grudges right I mean guys we know this we you know we get it if you've ever said something to your wife that you shouldn't have said before and she brings it up four years later she's like you know you remember when you said this you're like God I even forgot about that women hold grudges and they're they're very um, they're terrible to one another. Like if, if there's any kind of spite or animosity between two women, like they are bad to one another, like not like, like on a different level than guys are guys get heated really quick. We pound our chest. We make some grunts. We throw some punches. And then after that, we hug it out. And we go have a beer together. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's guy mentality, right? So in, in the world of football, it's basically the same thing. You have 60 minutes of wanting to crush this person's skull between your hands or step on their throat or do whatever you can to watch them bleed. I mean, that's 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 the feeling that you get, at least that's the feeling that I got when I was playing. I just I wanted to do everything I could not to cause injury, but to certainly cause harm and pain to the person across from me. I just... I, I did not have a care in the world. And then after the game, it's like, hey, man, good job. You know, shake hands and stuff like that. Like, oh, you know, what are you going to do after school's over? You got any offers, blah, blah, blah. It's your buddies. You, know, you can go to the bar and have beers and probably be friends for life. Who knows? Um, but I, I liked it. And to kind of backtrack here, I got a little sideways. But, you know, when Dan Campbell introduced himself to the fans and the media, uh, he, he made it known that he was a, a Warriors coach. And I like that. So I've been kind of rooting for the Detroit Lions this year, just behind the scenes. It's like I hope I hope they can figure things out. I hope they go out there and they embody the spirit of their coach. It seems like at certain times of the year they've definitely quit. And look, that does happen. You get into that malaise of a of a winless season. Look, we saw it right here in Tucson. However, much like the much like the the, the Detroit Lions, Arizona Wildcats did not quit on their coach, and they saw it through. They got themselves a win. They were able to celebrate that, and they played hard, and they were rewarded for their efforts. And we'll talk about some of those rewards coming up later in the show. But I'm happy to see Jared Goff getting some getting some recognition. He had an, a, a fantastic game against the Minnesota Vikings. I've said it all season long. I don't think Mike Zimmer is going to be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings next year. I think that is patently obvious now. That team is, boy, oh boy, they are—they're just bad in so many ways. They are so ridiculously talented. Their the roster that they have constructed is really, really good. They, that team is ready and capable of winning the NFC North, but right now they are a rudderless ship, just wandering into the deep dark sea, and really. Not a whole lot of direction. There's no wind in their sails right now after losing to a windless team. And the Minnesota Vikings are a wreck. And they have no chance of winning that division now. I mean, I, and I'm not going to be like ESPN's FPI or whatever the hell it's called uh, and give them a 0.0% chance because, hell, anything can happen until you've been mathematically eliminated from the uh, from the contention of the division title. But just looking at how they're playing and looking at how the, how good the Packers are and the Packers are getting healthy again, it, it's over. It's not going to happen. And 
you know they're they're getting Dalvin Cook back, which is a nice you know nice you know addition to the team. Obviously, as as electric and uh, much of a home run hitter as he is, but he's going to be limited in you know in his game snaps if he is cleared to play. So the NFC North and the Minnesota Vikings, you know, don't fire the coach now unless you feel like it's just you know he's lost the locker room anytime you when you lose the team when you lose the locker room then it's time to time to move on you got to move on you can't say well we're just going to wait out to the end of the season players aren't going to hear that like that's how you lose players further from the locker room you lose players for your gm your president your owner blah blah they just they don't ever want to play for you again when they have that bad taste in their mouth once you've lost once the coach has lost the locker room once he's lost the team that's it it's over you got to cut ties but you have to know that that's the that's the case Go and talk to your players. So we'll see what happens here in the uh, the coming weeks with uh, Mike Zimmer, the head coach at, uh, at in Minnesota. Uh, Jerry Jones, of course, gives his uh, gives his his radio interview on the Jerry Jones radio show. Um, his every week, it, it, he's <laughs> it's such a such a weird, funny thing. Like, imagine if you were living in a town and your favorite team were a team where the owner has his own radio show and is maybe the most recognizable person of that franchise. Well, that's the way the Dallas Cowboys are. And Jerry Jones said on 105.3 The Fan yesterday that um, Dak Prescott is 100% healthy, that basically the staff and some of the players right now are just making up excuses for the Cowboys' inefficiencies on offense. He said the bigger problem with Dak is that he's missing throws and that receivers are running bad routes. (laughs) Jerry was rambling, as he often does, and getting into his elder years now, I don't know, he's 77 years old, 78 years old, something like that, he he tends to ramble a little bit and lose sight of the target uh, that he was originally focused on. And he was starting to break down the X's and O's of a particular route run in a game uh, over the weekend, in the game over the weekend, or I guess uh, last Thursday, I should say. And he was like, yeah, Dak missed the, the throw, but the receivers need to run better routes. He says, that's that's it. Better routes, and that's how he ended his thing. So uh, Cowboys receivers, take note, your 78-year-old owner um, tells you that you need to run better routes. It uh, doesn't matter what your coaches are saying. Jerry Jones says, hey, run better routes, and we'll have, uh, we'll have more success. Also, just based on some things that I've read, things that I've seen, does it seem like the Cowboys are kind of, I don't know, creating excuses for why they're not one of the top teams in the NFL. And when I say one of the top teams, um, you know, where do, where do I have the Cowboys? I have the Cowboys eighth in my power rankings. That's, uh, to me, that's, you know, top quarter. That's top 25%. But in Dallas, <laughs> they, spent a, they spent a ton of money, obviously, you know, up to, the, uh, up to the salary cap. They've given their quarterback hundreds of millions of dollars They've put together this offensive line. They've got two running backs that they've given money to and wide receivers, and they've got defensive players, and they've got this spectacular rookie, and things just uh, the people aren't satisfied. I, I don't I don't get it. They just had a nice win over a good New Orleans team, and granted that New Orleans team 
uh, offensively is a mess right now. Talk about rudderless. They, you know, the quarterback situation. They have a running back at quarterback, and it's just it, things aren't just working out. They're just a completely one-dimensional team right now offensively. But it seems like there's a lot of excuses coming out of Dallas. Well, you know, Dak had the he had the interrupted preseason with the shoulder, and then you know, and then he then he hurt his ankle, and and he's he's had this soft tissue in his, his hamstring, his left hamstring's been been bothering him kind of all season, been dealing with that and stuff. Hey, look, listen, every team there are 32 teams in the NFL right now. If you look at the injury bug. Uh, that has bitten the the NFL teams. The Cowboys are right near the bottom of most starts missed by you know, starting caliber players. You look at teams like Baltimore, Tennessee, Indianapolis, San Francisco, teams that are north. And 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 this is, I, I think I think Baltimore is their number is off the charts. Um, teams that are north of like sixty five starts missed. By players who are, you know, were normal starters or expected to be starters on that team. Meanwhile, the Cowboys are sitting there at like twenty-eight starts missed by starters. It's like it just seems like there's a lot of excuses coming out of Dallas right now regarding why that team is performing the way they are. My answer to that is, I don't, I don't understand what the problem with eight and four and leading the division right now with a chance to really put Washington in a hurt locker, if you can get away with a victory on Sunday, big game for the NFC East, obviously. If you can, if the Cowboys can come away with a win against a team who's won four in a row, very gritty team, they win close games, they got a, a really athletic quarterback. Defensively, they were supposed to be a hell of a lot better this year. That defense is getting better, but they're without Chase Young now, of course. If you can get a win there, you go to 9-4, and four, you put an absolute chokehold on Washington in the division race for the NFC East, and you basically have to win one more game in the division to seal it up. So, I don't, like people are like, oh, I don't know if it's panic or what the problem is, but man, people and you know the coaches and the and the players and the media and stuff—they're making a lot of excuses in Dallas. This is the NFL. No excuses. There's 53 professionals on that football field, and uh, they come to play every single day injuries are just a part of the sport. Um, if you're not good enough or not man enough to own up to your own damn mistakes, then that's on you, and that shows that you're soft. That's just my opinion. No mis- no excuses, though. A lot of excuses coming out of Dallas. All right. We're going to take a timeout when we return. We'll continue to talk some NFL leading up until we talk the Arizona Cardinals and their big matchup against the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night. Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports is going to be joining us here in just about 10 minutes. Stay tuned right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. I don't know if y'all saw this. This kind of like struck me. I was like, oh, really? I saw this last night. It was pretty late last night, so I may not be remembering it 100% correctly. But I saw a report somewhere that through 72 games of their, of their respective careers, Brothers J.J. Watt and T.J. Watt have the exact same statistics through 72 games. 
they have the exact same amount of sacks and the exact same amount of tackles in their careers through their first 72 games. That's remarkable to me. Like, you, like how on earth did that, did that happen? The two brothers, of course, uh, and, and as good as they are, you see this all the time. I mean, when, you, when, one, when one brother is a great player, okay, the next brother comes along and you're like, eh. Right? A lot of times they don't, you know, the apple falls a little bit further from the tree there. Same thing in father and son situations, right? We've seen that plenty of times before where the dad is this you know, incredible player and all of a sudden you know, we find out he's got a kid in high school doing things and you're like, okay, this is going to be awesome. And then it, it ends up kind of not getting recruited to go somewhere you know, big. He ends up playing at some small school and then that's the last you hear of him. Nothing ever comes of it. But same thing happens with, with brothers too. So it's just remarkable, like the Watt family. Just churning out dominant football players. It's amazing. Through 72 games. The exact same stats. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's just me that finds that uh, strikingly uh, odd. But, uh, yeah, I saw that last night. I was like, really? Like, what are the odds of that happening? I mean, regardless, they're both fantastic players, and I love watching them play. And you know what? Even more, they're amazingly wonderful and benevolent people which makes it even that much better. J.J. Watt, obviously, with the, um, you know, the, the, the donation to the, uh, the families that had loss in that horrific attack on the people in that, uh, in that holiday parade uh, in his hometown in Wisconsin. So and, and he's done plenty of things in his career to, uh, to help people that, uh, that have had loss and you just love to kind of see that kind of thing. So the, the, those are the guys I root for. Regardless, honestly, regardless of what team he plays for, maybe, I don't know, if he signs with the Seahawks, I may have a difficult time. But even on the Cardinals, I root for J.J. Watt. So, um, I, you know, I wish them all the best. I just kind of – I saw it late last night. I was like, the exact same stats through 72 games? That's remarkable. 1490 AM and 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson remind you of the 51st annual Winter Street Fair going on this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's the 4th Avenue Street Fair. It opens at 10 a.m. and it runs till dusk, so roughly 5 o'clock-ish. Hopefully the rain gets out of the way today and tomorrow, and we have uh, beautiful weather over the weekend like we usually do in the city of Tucson. It's got something for everyone. There's going to be holiday shopping from the merchants and the artists that are there. Uh, they have mouth-watering fair food, which is always uh, a fun treat, local entertainment, family activities, and even Santa himself. For more uh, details, you can go to ESPNTucson.com and head out to the 4th Avenue Street Fair and enjoy this holiday season with some beautiful weather amongst the, uh, the folks in the city of Tucson. Coming up next... Our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports, going to be joining us right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on this Wednesday. And it is 7.30, which means it's time for our weekly chats with our Cardinals insider, Arizona Cardinals insider Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports, joining us right now right here on ESPN Tucson. Tyler, good morning. How are you today? 
Hey, hey, I'm doing all right. How you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Happy holidays to you and yours. And uh, look, lots of reasons to celebrate if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. More than enough. I think uh, Cardinals fans got a lot of presents under the tree in terms of this season. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Kyler Murray may be getting a very large uh present under the tree come uh, somewhere like mid-January, I'm guessing, is kind of uh, when they're going to be handing out those. Or maybe it's after the Super Bowl. I don't remember. Every league is different. But nonetheless, Kyler Murray kind of trending towards that league MVP this year, even with the few games missed. Um, is he is he deserving of that award? Yeah, you know, I think he is. Um, I think the one thing that a lot of people might ding him for is just the fact that Colt McCoy came in and went 2-1 and one while he was out. Um, obviously, MVP, most valuable player. You need him on the field to win, and, and they show that they can win without him. But obviously, he brings another gear to that offense. And really, I mean, right now, after uh, – I mean, I think the weather played a lot in that with Josh Allen, but uh, right now it's really him – uh, or Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and him right now are the top three guys. So that's some pretty good company if you're uh, if you're Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah, not bad company to be in there with uh, you know the goat and uh, and the you know one of the top five quarterbacks in the history of the league. So yeah, Kyler uh, definitely having that great season. Let's take a look back last Sunday. I don't want to spend too much time uh, the Chicago game because there's a huge game coming up on on Monday night. But last Sunday in Chicago, to me, it was more about there was more than just getting the W in that game. Kyler Murray, of course, in his in his return from his ankle injury, needed to get that shot of confidence, uh, in, you know, in himself after whis- missing the the three weeks in between there. And the team kind of, I, I feel like they needed to see DeAndre Hopkins back out there on the field. And of course, he was immediately injected into the offense and into that game. How do you feel? You know, where do you rate the importance of those over just getting the W on the road? Yeah, yeah, I think it was a um, almost like a perfect storm type deal. Like just having everyone back or having those guys back, being able to go into that wet, uh, windy weather and just coming out with the W, really not really having any moments of concern or caution of the Bears might come back and do something. I mean, they they pretty much controlled that game from the jump. Uh, so I think that speaks volumes even even more than the win. I think everybody kind of knew that it was going to be like that and and there was every opportunity for them to win. They just had to step up and play in the elements and get it done. And and they did. So I think, yeah, I think just the setting of of everything, having those guys back, that really spoke more than picking up the win at the end, which I mean, obviously is huge for them because now they really only need one more win to clinch a playoff spot, which is huge right now. So uh, yeah, you know, I think, I think it was just a little bit of everything and definitely set, from from previous games, I think they set that apart a little bit just with having those guys in and having them just go right after it from the jump. Cardinals have been lucky. They've either played in a dome or they've played in, you know, nice sunshiny weather, it seems like, all season. And going into late November and December, as we all know, teams need to prove that they can win in bad weather if they need to. Obviously, we, we you know, the, the, the weather was an issue on Sunday. Was there some worry I don't want to say, obviously, amongst players and coaches, they you know they're not going to display that even if they were worried. But other people around the team, people that cover the team, that the Cardinals would be just another soft dome team this season. You know, uh, I think my worry of that went out the window in training camp, just with 
how the guys responded, how J.J. Watson there, even though he wasn't really in training camp, he was still there. So, I mean, you could tell this team was locked in and ready to go play in Lambeau Field in the playoffs by training camp. So, I think they had that kind of sense to them and, and felt like, you know, we need to make sure that we're not that warm-weather team that everybody can just roll over in the later months. And I think they've shown that. And really, I mean, this could come down to be their only game that they play in bad weather. Yeah. Uh, Seattle was bad, but this, I mean, Chicago, really, I mean, they only have two more road games left, and it's against the Lions and the Cowboys. And then you've got, and then if they make the playoffs, they might be the number one seed, and then they don't right. have to play anywhere but State Farm Stadium. And if they do end up making the Super Bowl, that's another one inside too. So, <laughs> really, they 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 faced the test that they needed to face in one game, really, and they might only have to do that one game. They ran seventy-five plays on Sunday, Tyler. That's a lot. I mean, that's that's like college football numbers. Seventy-five plays in that wet, windy weather. No fumbles, no interceptions, so credit to them on their ball security when they did have to play in bad weather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They did. Have, uh, Kyler had those couple of snaps that kind of left his arm, but he, or left his hands, but he got those back real quick and ended up turning them into some positive yards. So, yeah, uh, really, really good showing from those guys. Tyler, I want to ask you this real quick before we move on to the upcoming game, kind of a transition here. We saw another perf- dominant performance on the road. They're the first team in NFL history to score 30 points or more uh, in their first seven road games. They're the first team in NFL history to win their first seven road games by double digits. Is there a different preparation method or a different mindset for this team? Because uh, the, the difference between how they play on the road as opposed to how they play at home is very striking. Oh man! I mean, I think that's a million-dollar question right now. We've uh, we've asked players, we've asked coaches, we've asked everybody. You know what? What is the deal? Why is it? Why is away just so much better than at home? And I mean, Cliff yesterday said it in <laughs> said it in three words and just said, "I don't know." So, <laughs> so I mean, obviously, you know, you got to take it with a gra- uh, grain of salt because Cliff is great with being vague and everything else. But I legit think that they are at this point. It's just one of those things of we're a band of brothers going up to wherever we're going to play and we're going to go uh, back up against the wall where his home is, you know, it's weird. Cause Jordan Hicks says, you know, they're still coming out with fire. They're still coming out with all that energy at home, but it's just, yeah, you're not seeing the same results or the same dominance. And I think it's just more of that, you know, we're, we're up against the wall, band of brothers, you know, us against them type mentality. We're all getting on the plane together. We're all eating together. We're all staying in the same hotel. And, and I think it's that kind of mentality. So, uh, yeah, but for the most part, nobody has a real answer for us. <laughs> Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports, our Cardinals insider, joining us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. You can follow him on Twitter at TDrake4Sports. That's the number four, TDrake4Sports on uh, Twitter. He's a must-follow if you're a Cardinal fan or NFL, just wanting some news on all the teams out there, specifically the local ones. There's a huge game coming up Monday night, Cardinals, Rams, in the previous game in week five, Cardinals were 4-0. The Rams were 3-1. and The Cardinals just absolutely ran the football down L.A.'s throat en route to a 37-20 victory. They had 216 yards rushing in that game. But it was largely because of Chase Edmonds. He had a huge game that night who is now, of course, on the injured reserve list. How would it be possible for the Cardinals to have a repeat effort, a repeat performance this Monday night at home? You know, I think it's. Uh, I think James Conner's evolved into more of a lead back. His being by himself now with Conner or with Ed- Edmonds being on IR. So, I think. 
I think it's a James Conner show again, and, mm. and it's been proven to work this last couple of weeks. And, and, I mean, it, he's taken over and acting like he should be getting a lot more than just over north of a million a year. So uh, I would say I would say they're going to just hand the ball off to James Conner and have a bully ball session against the Rams. It's going to be bully against bully with Donald – or, uh, yeah, Donald back there too. But, uh, yeah, I think Eno will get thrown in there a little bit. Uh, who knows about Jonathan Ward? He was – uh, I, I believe he's still in COVID, so we'll have to see with that. But uh, yep. it could just be a dose of that. But you never know, too. Chase could potentially come back. Cliff also said this week that uh, Chase, Aaron Brewer, and uh, one more, or Justin Pugh, they could all uh, – it's, it's going to come down to Sunday, but they could. there's a potential that they could come back and play. Just it's going to have to see how the, wor- uh, the week works out. But I would assume that even with Chase back in, Connor's going to get a, the bulk of the carries whereas Chase could be more of a, a pass catcher. But if Chase can't go, I think they have all the confidence that Connor taking 20, 30 carries if they needed him to. You know, since getting obliterated in that game by the Cardinals' rushing attack, the Rams have really secured their rush defense. They, they've been sixth in the NFL against the run since that Week 5 loss. Anything that, that you've noticed in kind of – Looking, you know, at the rest of the NFC West, specifically the Rams, you know, and as you prepare for uh, for this weekend's game, anything that you've noticed about things that they've changed or anything that they've done differently? You know, for me, I, I think I've just kind of noticed uh, Stafford's play. I, that's been the biggest thing for me, and yeah. just he hasn't really been as sharp as he started out, and he took a lick against Jacksonville last week. To the point where I think he sat out of play. Like, I mean, he took a helmet straight to the ribs, forearm. Yeah. Like, he took one. And he came back in and played. But, you know, I think that uh, that honeymoon phase of Stafford and McVay, I think, is kind of trending down. And uh, I believe uh, my, my editor, Kevin Zimmerman, brought it up that, I mean, really, McVay's quarterback, they kind of drop off in the second half of the year. So that would be the big spot for the for the Cardinals to target is is really I mean that's their best weapon offensively. So uh, for the Cardinals, I think it's just you know make him <laughs> you know he's got to make a couple of mistakes and and I think that's the game. That's what he's been doing these last couple of games and it's come back to hurt him. Other than that Jacksonville game, which I mean it's Jacksonville, but uh, up than that, I would say you know it's it's Stafford isn't as dialed in as as he was to begin with. That was, that's my biggest takeaway. You know, Tyler, as I look at the Cardinals receiving stats, man, they have spread the ball around to just about anybody who they've found that can that can line up and, and run a route and catch a ball. Christian Kirk leads the team in targets, receptions, and yards. DeAndre Hopkins leads in touchdowns. Uh, A.J. Green leads the team in average yards per catch. Um, they've got uh, six guys with over 30 catches on the season. What kind of defensive packages have the Cardinals been facing? Like, are they facing, because of this, are they facing a bunch of nickel, a bunch of dimes? Are teams having to keep a spy on the field for Kyler Murray? Because, I mean, all of that kind of stuff leads to the point where the Cardinals are going to be able to run the football because teams are going to have to rely just on their defensive front four to stop the run. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's been super spread out. That's the that's the biggest thing. I, it's just, you know... You can't you can't beat what you can't cover, and if they've got a, a capable pass catcher everywhere, I mean, you've got you're eventually going to get a matchup. Though you're going to get a linebacker on a, on a running back or or a Zach Ertz eventually, and and so 
those are the those are the, those little tiny things to exploit, and it's just been it's just pick your poison. You guys want to put two on D Hop and and let AJ run by himself? Okay, we'll throw a bomb twenty yards down to him. Like, well, he'll jump up over somebody and catch it if he turns around. And then you get uh, you get Rondell Moore. He can run out the backfield. He can do it in the slot. Like, I mean, this dude is just fat. He's a little he's a Kyler Murray if he was a position player, pass catcher, runner. And uh, the thing though, you know, uh, with Kyler getting his uh, season high in rushing yards and rushing attempts. I could see there being more of a spy maybe this next week, even though Kyler hasn't really ran that much. So uh, I could definitely see that. I think they wanted to let him loose a little bit just to test that ankle out. But uh, yeah, for the most part, you know, it's just, yeah, it's spread out defenses so thin that, I mean, there's going to be an open guy somewhere. You just got to find him. Tyler, I know we, we mentioned this guy a lot when I have you on the show. I, I just, I, I love the way he plays. I was disappointed by how he was treated in the offseason. But here we are, Jordan Hicks, now the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, 12 tackles, two sacks in the game against Chicago. He's the Cardinals' leader in total snaps on the field this season, offense or defense. This was a guy who had basically asked to be traded because he was told two days after the draft that he had lost his job. Talk about Jordan Hicks for a moment, please. I mean, you can't. I, I mean, you basically summed it up right there. You can't say enough good things about the guy for him to, you know, stay locked in and and you know stay with the team and really be involved with the team like he is. I mean, he's the guy. He's he's the guy in the middle. He is the Mike linebacker. It's it's like nothing against Zavin, but clearly Zavin's not ready from from everything that we've seen on the field. And uh, you know, it's just it speaks to his character. It speaks to his leadership. I mean, he's a captain. They made him a captain even with all this stuff going on and and. <clears throat> for him to, you know, be able to come and talk to us and be as open as he is to, with us and to explain, you know, I had to do this to to uh, show my kids that, you know, you've got to work through things. You can't just give up on things. you got to stay with things and keep going and, and persevere and, and overcome adversity. I mean, that stuck out to me a lot as, as a new father myself. Like, that was huge for me. So hearing that and, and yeah, just his mentality. He doesn't go out there and act like, oh, yeah, I know that I'm not going to be a starter here in the next, what, three or four years. They would have another plan. But he's out there leading things, leading drills. He's out there getting ready. He's out there being the guy. It's, you can't ask for anything more. As, a, as, a, as an organization, you can't ask for anything more from a guy. Well, he's a guy I root for, and I think a, a lot of people, specifically Cardinals fans, root for as well. And, and this weekend he was rewarded for his efforts by getting the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Very well-deserved, a super, super likable guy. And, and as you mentioned, somebody who should be looked at as, as kind of a I mean, role model is kind of a word you toss around a little bit here and there, but certainly a guy that you wouldn't mind modeling your uh, your own disposition and, and uh, thoughts on life after is is uh, Jordan Hicks and he's just having a remarkable season and and uh, and uh, looking forward to him playing on Monday night. Do you have any predictions for Monday night football you want to share with us? <laughs> Do you have a I prediction yet? Be, I know it's uh, still a ways away. No, you know I, I think I would uh, I, I would feel pretty confident saying it's going to be it's, it's going to be an offensive game, but I think for the most part I think Cardinals are going to ride that same blueprint they did earlier in the season. It's it's for that playoff spot, just for the berth. So I, I think there's going to be a little extra juice to them. So you know what? Give me a thirty-five twenty-seven. Cardinals. Woo! All right, big high-scoring game. 
you know, I, I, yeah, I, I think we're, I think we're due for one of those. Yeah, it's been a while since they've had a shootout at home. I mean, they've had them on the road, but not on, not at home. So, yeah, the uh, it's been a while. I, I, I tell you what, Tyler, I'm, I'm actually picking the Rams in this game for no good reason other than the fact that this is the NFL hashtag 2021, and it's just <laughs> there's going to be chaos. There's going to be like I can't believe that just happened. So I'm picking the Rams just on that alone, just because. There needs to be stories. The NFL continues to play them out in certain ways. There's conspiracy theories. It's gotten so bad this year that there are players, former players, speaking out saying that the NFL is rigged to keep them relevant week to week, which I find hilarious. But I'm picking the Rams just because of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I don't know how you can rig the football game to that. Like, you're still going to make the catch. You're still going to make the plays. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's not like if we, if we really want to get into it, it's like if we're going to NBA, the refs, I don't even want to say his name. That's a guy who, who who changed games for the Kings in the playoffs. But if we're going to go to NFL, like let's not get that far, guys. Like, yeah, I don't think we're doing that. Let's not do that. Let's not do that at all. The NFL has got enough parody on its own without conspiracy theories. All right, Tyler, exactly. we appreciate the time, man. Thank you, as always, every Wednesday here at 730. Uh, enjoy the, the rest of your week. Enjoy the weekend. And we will talk to you next Wednesday, same time. Awesome. Can't wait for it. See you later. All right, brother. We'll see you. That's Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports. He's our Cardinals insider, breaking things down for the uh, uh, everything Arizona Cardinals. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter, at TDrake4Sports. That's the number four, at TDrake4Sports. Give him a follow. He's at Cardinal Camp every single day, covering the team, talking with the players, talking with the coaches, and getting us the uh, the insight that we need on this uh, this team, who right now is the number one team in the NFL. We're going to take a timeout. More after this. It's the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Join Spears and Ali tomorrow night at the Native Grill and Wings in Marana. They'll be broadcasting live from 3 to 6. At the Native Grill and Wings, right there, located on the it's on the southwest corner of Cortero and I ten, and check out the Thursday night football game. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers heading into Minnesota to take the aforementioned rudderless Vikings. That could be an interesting one. Uh, T.J. Watt, the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, uh, we talked about him and his strange tie with his brother through seventy two games. So uh, this one could be a real slobber knocker, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers walk out of there with a win. But the uh, Native Grill and Wings, over 40 television, 12 beers on tap. Make sure you download the Native Grill and Wings loyalty app. It gives you all kinds of promos and bonuses and stuff like that, like just just for signing up to the app. You can even uh, opt out of, like, text messages and emails and stuff like that if you don't want them to send you stuff. So it's all good. And you got great food and drink specials. But it's Thursday night football every Thursday night at the Native Grill and Wings in Marana, southwest corner, Cortero and I-10. It's your home of the Arizona original Arizona wing. A uh, real quick little segment here before we break. Again, the top of the hour break. Remember, just a quick little two-minute break. Uh, we'll be back in two and two kind of thing, just like they said on Love Connection. And then the, the hour number two. Hour number two, we got chock full of local stuff, tons and tons of stuff from the, uh, from the, from the campus, whether it be uh, men's basketball, whether we have women's basketball to discuss, as well as they got a big game coming up tomorrow night at the McHale Center. 
and they get back in action. And uh, Dia Barnes and the uh, the girls going to be trying to move on up into the top five with a couple of victories this weekend. We'll see what happens there. And some news coming out of Arizona football. Actually, a lot of news coming out of Arizona football. So we'll be chock full of that local stuff in our number two. But just to wrap things up with what Tyler and I were talking about with the you know with the Cardinals in that first game. You know, the Cardinals rushed for for you know 216 yards in that game. They uh, it was kind of a wide open offense there in in L.A. You know, the Cardinals did a really good job of protecting the football in that game. They, you know, they were just, you know, they were on point uh, when they, they just went in there and smoked the Rams in that game. Obviously, uh, it was kind of a, a, I don't want to say a no doubter, but you know, it was twenty four to thirteen at halftime, and then they tacked on ten more. It was thirty four thirteen, and you know, the game was essentially over at that point. They just absolutely dominated the Rams, and we've seen the Rams get dominated in plenty of games this year to be considered one of the best teams in the NFL. The way they've been dominated by the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Titans, just to name a few games that I've seen them just get crushed, specifically in the trenches, which is something that we didn't expect to see out of the Rams this year. You know, they bring in Von Miller to try to enhance their pass rush. We'll see if that has any, you know, any type of uh, fruits of their labor in that one against the Arizona Cardinals. But a big game, as I mentioned, I talked with Tyler, I, you know, I picking the Rams just because I don't have a good reason to, to pick you know to pick them other than that uh, it's just kind of a crazy season and we I wouldn't be surprised to see the Rams go in there and beat the Cardinals in this game in a game the Cardinals are favored by three points all right hour number two coming up again we just have that quick little two-minute break so stay right here and I'll be right back with you right here on the Jeff Dean show on 1490 a.m. 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson Casino del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson.